We looked at the defense. We looked at the defense last week. So now it's time for three stats that tell you a story about the Pelicans offense. It's the Wednesday episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go last week. So now it's time for three stats that tell you a story about the Pelicans offense. It's the Wednesday episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans. Your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Wednesday. No games at all in the NBA, so... We get a free show to talk about whatever we want. And I did this show last week about the defense, three stats that tell you a story about it. We're going to do the same for the offense in today's show. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all like no one else is completely free, breaking down everything you want to know about the team. And today we are diving into the Pelicans offense. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. So three key stats, three stats that tell a story, whatever you want to say. I picked out three that I find interesting, which of course leads us into more stats too. So let's get it started. The first number, well, first and foremost, the Pelicans have the fifth best offense in the league. Even with the past two games not being ideal results, an overtime loss to the Atlanta Hawks, and then the kind of getting blown out at times by the Indiana Pacers on Monday night, they still score fifth best offense in the league. That's not one of the the key stats here. So number one, 28.6, 28.6. That is the amount of three pointers they are attempting per game. That is 30th in the league, fewest in the league. However, they shoot the three ball at 38.8%, roundup called 39%. That's fifth best in the league. So they're really good at shooting threes. They just don't take a lot of them. They need to start taking some more. They love the mid-range. That's going to happen when you have Brandon Ingram and C.J. McCollum. They like to try and get inside into the paint and score. That's going to happen when you have Zion and Jonas Valanciunas. However, this season, they are not scoring at the rim particularly effectively. And that's going to become a problem. It's also partially why you have not seen Zion score particularly well and be the dominant player, though he looked really good against Indiana, that he normally is. In fact, New Orleans is 24th when it comes to shooting at the rim in terms of field goal percentage. That's not great. There's only six teams worse than them in when it comes to shooting at the rim, and they take a lot of shots at the rim. You want to know how you fix this? Shoot more threes. You don't have to take too many more, but more. Because when you do that, you will eventually, when you do that and shoot the fifth best three-point percentage in the league, close to 40%, you're going to finally start spacing the court for Zion Williamson. Look, everyone knows what Zion does. I know it. You know it. 
It's certainly on the scouting reports too. He goes to the left with his left hand, and frankly, he scores at the rim at a really high rate doing that. But you're seeing teams try and take it away. And no, I don't think the answer is him shooting mid-rangers or a ton of threes or anything like that. It's space the court for him. Start making teams pay. So one, Zion needs to pass out of going to the rim, to the corners, and force teams to scramble and then find an open shooter and knock them down. Or start to design more three-point plays to be run in the half court. And we'll get into the half court in the third uh, in the third segment of today's show. You saw it in that Indiana game when Zion got the ball on the perimeter and took a step or two in, whether he was driving or just kind of probing the defense, two guys went right to him. And all it took was just a little kick-out pass to the above-the-break three-point line and you force the defense to choose. Guard that guy who's getting the ball and is going to be an open three-point shooter. And if you do, well, then you're leaving the corner wide open. And New Orleans took and made more three-pointers than they normally do against Indiana because of it. It's not hard to draw up open looks for three-point shooters when Zion Williamson is out there on the court. And when they start making those, well, they'll start giving Zion a little bit of breathing room. They won't park a defender down low on that left side dunker spot just to try and beat him to his spot. Because if you do that, a three-point shooter is going to be open before Zion gets even down there. And now you're already having their defense scrambling before Zion's entered the paint. And so you can pass the ball around looking for open three-point shooters, or then you can make another entry pass to Zion Williamson down low because he'll have some room to work because the defense is scrambling on the perimeter trying to close out on guys, and it's just going to make this offense even better. Yeah, you you can settle for fifth best offense in the league, or you can go to number one. But you're going to need to shoot more threes, and if you want Zion to be the absolute monster that we know he's capable of being, and it's not like he's playing poorly, right? He's shooting or he's scoring 23.1 points per game on 17.6 field goal attempts. He's shooting 54% from the field. Now, by the way, he's shooting 40% from three, which is fun. He's getting four assists per game. Let's get these into point Zion all-NBA all-star numbers. And you could see the team start to figure it out against the Indiana Pacers, but now it's time to take that a little bit further. Good things happen when Zion gets the ball in his hands. You've got good three-point shooters in Trey Murphy, in CJ McCollum, in Brandon Ingram, who's got his three-point shot back this season. B.I., by the way, from three, 55%. You have Trey Murphy, 46% from three. You have other guys that can shoot, like Jose, 43% from three. Even Devontae Graham is shooting above 40%, 40.5%, 41%. Dyson Daniels in very limited minutes, 60% from three. Larry Nance Jr., 40% from three. Everybody's making threes here. Now let's take more threes, start to space the court for Zion, because this is going to pay dividends way down the line. So that number... That number of 28.6 three-point attempts per game has to go up because at the end of the season, when teams are really keyed in on Zion, well, he's going to have more room to work when that's the case because they're worried about getting burned. The Pelicans are burning people. You're making them pay. Make them pay even more right now. So coming up next, something with turnovers. That number, 12.1%. I'll tell you what that is coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by LinkedIn. 
LinkedIn jobs is the best way you can make hires. You want to be 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates available. You don't want to bring in someone who's going to be subpar, who's not going to help you. That's only going to cost you more money. So get the right person the first time. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. They have simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. I've worked at places where it takes like three, four months to hire someone, and usually someone else quits in that time because it's just taking forever and you've thrown more work on people. Don't do it. Make the hire quickly, the right hire. And LinkedIn Jobs helps you do it. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. If I were looking for a job right now, I'd be right on there. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. Now for your second listen, go check out the Locked On NBA podcast. I'm on there every Wednesday with my co-host John Corrales of Locked On Celtics. It's going to be in New Orleans soon. We're going to party. It's going to be awesome. We've got like fall break in the NBA. So we looked at the biggest surprises, the biggest disappointments in both the East and West Conference, as well as a weird real or fake about Dwight Howard, someone that many of you have been asking about, could the Pelicans use him? So go check out Locked On NBA today. Catch up on the biggest stories around the association and especially listen on Wednesday where I'm there every Wednesday breaking it all down. So today, the three Key stats, three most interesting stats, three stats that tell you a story about the Pelicans offense and the meaning behind him. We just went over uh, 28.6 three-point attempts per game. So now the second number I want to bring to your attention, 12.1, 12.1. That is the amount of, that is the percentage of time that they are turning the ball over. This is an incredible number given what they're doing offensively. That's fourth best in the league. So they are not turning the ball over much. Here's the thing about that. That often means that a team is playing slow, and the Pelicans are, 19th in pace. So they're not getting as many possessions per game. Pace simply measures the number of possessions you get per game offensively. You know, if you take shots quicker in the shot clock, you're going to have more possessions. If you grind the shot clock down, you're going to have fewer possessions. It just makes sense that way. So pace measures that. So if they're playing slower at 19 at 19th in pace, they're having fewer possessions, which means they're taking advantage of those possessions. That's a really good job. New Orleans is being efficient when it comes to their offense. What makes this most impressive, though, is it's not just this isolation heavy style of ball where one guy gets the ball in his hands. You know, James Harden in Houston pounds the rock for 20 seconds and then makes a move and goes to the rim and either scores or doesn't. No real passes or anything like that. They have the fifth most assists per game. They have the sixth most passes per game. They are moving the ball a lot and they're not turning the ball over. They're not making bad passes during all of that, which means they're not letting teams get out in transition and run off live ball steals. That happened, unfortunately, against the Indiana Pacers. They only had 10 turnovers in that game. But when you limit those live ball turnovers, you limit opponent offensive transition chances. And we'll talk about transition offense for the Pelicans in the next segment. 
but that's the easiest offense you can get in the league pretty much. You want transition opportunities. I got some stats that are going to make your eyes pop out of your head with that coming up next. But the Pelicans, by taking care of the ball, are limiting that for their opponents. You often hear about defense turning defense into offense, and I will say that phrase in the next segment. This is like the opposite of that, right? This is your offense making it easier on your defense. I think I got that right. So not turning the ball over being efficient with that, valuing the rock, while also still adhering to Willie Green's .5 version of basketball that he wants to see, make a decision with what to do. It says there's a lot of high IQ offensive players, at the very least here, that they're making those right kind of decisions. The Pelicans, when it comes to assists per game, are excellent with that. They're moving the ball around. 28 assists per game, fifth most in the league. Teams aren't able to get in those passing lanes. And this helps when you have multiple guys that can create for you. They're willing to share the ball. They're passing up good shots for a great shot. You've seen that number of times on the three-point line. CJ will have an open look from three, but there's a defender running at him. Okay, he'll just pass it to the left to Trey Murphy, who's wide open with no one around. They're selfless like that. That's a wonderful thing to see out of this team in the way that they're playing and the style that they're playing. This offense is really, really good and really scary with the number of shooting threats there. Zion, who can kill it at the rim. Valanchunas, who gives you a different kind of look and a more bruisier look. And then a bunch of mid-range shooters. They get to their spots, they don't turn the ball over. And they pass it to one another. They could keep doing this, and they'd still be a top-five offense in the league. They don't turn the ball over. They've done a really good job with that this year. They only have two guys that are averaging more than two turnovers per game. That's Zion, who's close to three, and B.I. that's close to three. Given what their usage rate is and how often they have the ball in their hands and the fact that both those guys are averaging over four assists per game, if those turnovers drop a little bit or those assist numbers go up, that assist-to-turnover ratio is going to look just excellent for New Orleans in what they are doing out here on the court. So this is a team that shares the ball, makes the right kind of read, the right kind of play, and has looked really good when it comes to that this season. Usually if you have a high number of passes, you're going to, it corresponds to a higher number of turnovers. You know, more passes, more chances that players, the, the defense can intercept it for a steal, more chances for you to make a bad pass. So it's not uncommon to see a high number of passes and then a ton of turnovers for that same team, especially if they're playing fast and they're, you know, ranking in the top five, top 10 in pace. Not the case for New Orleans. They buck that trend. They take care of the basketball. So turnover percentage when they're on offense, they turn it over only 12.1% of the time, fourth best in the league. So transition offense, I mentioned that to you. I've got a couple of numbers with that for you. One of them is 139.1. That's really high. That's really high. We'll talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net, your number one source for any sports betting info you may need. They also have stats, news, and analysis, so you can get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. Whether it's football, basketball, the World Cup is coming as well. You've got eSports. They've got it all over at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, and I'm assuming you do if you're listening to me right now, you can find those as well over at BetOnline. 
So it's the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. So head to the website today, or you can use your mobile device to get there as well to learn more about the trends and the action happening over at betonline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all. No one else coming to you like this, completely free, breaking down the games, the stats, the eye test stuff, whatever it is you want to know about the team, we got it covered. And now for your second listen, go check out Locked On Sports today. The biggest stories of the day across all sports, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and of course, the take of the day, which is a lot of fun. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So today, we are looking at three very interesting stats when it comes to the Pelicans and their fifth-ranked offense. And I've got another one here for you. 139 per 100 possessions, which equalizes for pace. So if you ever hear me, if you're a new listener and you always wonder why I say it per 100 possessions, it's because it equalizes numbers for offense and defense across the board. A team that plays with more possessions has more chances to score and is likely going to have a higher points per game than a team that plays slower. More possessions, more chances to score, more points per game. But it doesn't mean they actually have a better offense than a team with fewer points per game. So when you account for pace into things, it really gives a level playing field and it's more of an apples to apples comparison to see who truly has the best offense or the best defense. So that's why we do it per 100 possessions to really count for different play styles across the league. Now, 139.1, the Pelicans offensive rating this season, which is per 100 possessions, is, where is it, 115.8, so 139.1, that is sky high, that is the Pelicans' offensive rating in transition this season, fifth best in the league, I told you that you want transition opportunities because they're basically guaranteed points, well, there you go, that's how much better they are in terms of points per game in transition than they are in half-court situations. The Pelicans, by the way, in the half-court, the points per 100 possessions and everything that they're doing, which is 11th best in the league, is 96.5. The best half-court team in the league is Boston at 106.7. So New Orleans about 10, 10 points per 100 possessions off from the number one team. But they're 11th. That's still pretty good. Then they get out in transition and run. And this team is beastly good. This team is incredible when it comes to it. They score 139.1 points per 100 transition percent uh, possessions that they get. Number one in the league is Denver at 146 and a half. So they're not far off from that. They're really good when they're able to get out and run. So here's the issue. They're 16th in the league in terms of how often they're in transition. Of all of their offensive possessions... 16% of them are in transition. That ranks 16th in the league. There's a couple of things that are leading to this. You know, you get into transition opportunities three ways, but it's really two ways. You can do it off of steals, live ball turnovers. You get a steal and you just get that ball and go down court. You can do it after securing a defensive rebound. Maybe it's a long rebound when your guards gets it. There's no one back, so you get down and run. You can also do it off inbounds, off a dead ball situation, but usually the defense gets back and gets set, so those aren't even tracked. Well, off steals, 
New Orleans isn't generating a ton of them this year defensively. They're not bad at it. They're not particularly good. They rank right around 13th in the league with it, so close to the top 10. But they have been struggling on the defensive glass. We've seen that recently. And as they've been struggling on the defensive glass, unable to get stops, they haven't been able to get out and run after live rebounds. So get that defensive rebound and go. Well, if you're not getting defensive rebounds, you're not able to do that. The Pelicans are 20th right now in terms of running and getting in transition off of rebounds. So you secure that defensive board and then go. What percent of a team's live ball rebounds led to a transition play? New Orleans, 20th in the league. So around the middle of the pack. But if they can figure out their defensive rebounding issues, and this is a team that should be top 10, top 5 in all rebounding. They're third best in terms of offensive rebounding. They're 15th when it comes to defensive rebounding. That number needs to be higher. They should be closer to top five with some of the rebounding talent that they have, particularly with a guy like Valanciunas. But he hasn't been playing as much recently. And you can see that when Willie Green wants to go small, when maybe this team's strengths are being big, it's creating some issues. When they do get out and run, when they do get a rebound and decide to push it, really good. Really, really good at it. Off of live rebounds, they're sixth best in the league when it comes to getting out in transition and running in terms of scoring efficiency. So get more rebounds and then get out in transition and run more. And this offense goes from five to one. Maybe that means you can deal with shootouts in games against teams like the Indiana Pacers. That is a way that you can win some games. It's going to be stressful, but it's going to be fun when you're trying to race to see which team's going to score 135 first every single night. But New Orleans isn't getting into transition as much as you would like them to, given just how good they are. And that's what we'd like to see more of. That is turning defense into offense. But they're really good when they get out and run. The second they get a fast break, teams basically just cannot stop them at all. So those are the three numbers I have for you. Are there, is there another stat you're thinking of that maybe is partially telling a story as well or completely telling a story, I guess? Which of these three that I just gave you were the most impressive to you or, or least impressive or the most interesting one? 28.6, 12.1, or 139.1? Let me know in the comments down below on YouTube. And that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans Game Day for the Pelicans. They take on the Chicago Bulls. I'll be back with you all tomorrow to recap that. As always, thank you for listening. I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll see you all tomorrow.